tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast. This is a special mailbag episode. It's an interim between regular episodes. If you have started listening to us relatively recently, or even actually, admittedly, not even that recently, uh, you might not remember. Uh, we used to do these uh, rather infrequently. I would like to <laughs> underline, <laughs> italicize, and bold infrequently there. So anyway, we had a lot of emails that were built up that we had saved for one of these episodes when we had the time. And since we had kind of a weird schedule this last week, um, as mentioned in the last show, we decided, hey, let's do a little mailbag this week. And it actually turns out that Fish and DeFi E, we were trying to give them a week off. And they were like, no, we don't want a week off. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna do a mailbag too. So stay tuned after our section. I'll let you know when we get there. They also have a mailbag in this episode. So uh, without further ado, I'm your host, Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How's it going, buddy? It's going I'm alive. Absolutely. We're, <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this uh, rather late. It's 10.09 p.m. Uh, on a Monday evening. We intended to do this over the weekend, and then we had actually no time. But we're committed to the promise that I made on the show without asking Kyle first. Thanks, Kyle. You're a team player. <laughs> so uh, from all of the emails that we had put aside last year, several of them became sort of irrelevant or were no longer appropriate questions or were questions about you know, things that have since come out. And so us <laughs> taking the stab at guessing what they would be is no longer fun. So I have four emails here for you, and we're just going to go one at a time. And this first one is from Giraffichu. And they said, hi, Chris and Kyle. Hope all is well. I am a player who started in October of this past year and have worked my way up to level 41. I really enjoy doing PvP, but as a newer player, I feel I get shorted when it comes to community day moves. PvP-relevant Pokemon like Swampert, Gyarados, and even Typhlosion and Beedrill aren't options for me because I wasn't a player when the CD moves were available, and Elite TMs remain hard to come by. Do you think there should be more opportunities and events featuring Community Day moves, or perhaps allowing these moves be obtained through regular TMs after a certain amount of time? Thank you, and shiny vibes all. Giraffichu. Well, first of all, Drafty, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, and sorry, there's been such a delay on answering this email. You know, it's funny, Kyle. I, I remember us talking about the, probably the two sections that this topic covers um, separately, but definitely in the past in the show. Oh, absolutely. It's a it's an ongoing topic and it's a topic that needs to keep being talked about because it's kind of a problem. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Uh, so just to kind of summarize the question here, um, the general form of the question is, I'm a new player. PvP is what I really like to to do. Um, but some of the competitive Pokemon, namely the starters, with their community moves are top tier, like necessary more, more often than not. Like Swampert's a great example. Um, how do I go about doing this do you think the system is a good system in our answer kyle i'm going to speak for you is no no <laughs> it's not a great system but this email i believe was sent more than a half a year ago to us and and i would say that since then we've seen some promising developments as to how they might go about uh allowing people to obtain these community moves 
such as what we just had this past weekend, which was Bulbasaur Community Day Classic. Frenzy Plant was trotted back out in all of its glory. Uh, and, and we'll talk about Bulbasaur CDC on the next proper episode, our experience. But Kyle, what do you think? Do you think Niantic is heading in the right direction? Do you think Community Day Classics are satisfactory? Or do you think they need to do more to bring these around more often? I think that it's definitely improved. Not a lot. But like if we were at a zero, we're at like a two out of ten right <laughs> okay. now. Like okay. there, there there is actual improvement. It is nice to see stuff happen. And you know, in the Johto tour, I imagine we will see the option to evolve the starters with their moves like they did for the Kanto ones last year. So that's another good option there. The problem is pacing, and pacing is just killer in games that are meant to be played the entire year and i speak from two separate games worth of experience but they're gonna get back to swampert in like eight months probably you know and then that feels bad for somebody who missed it yeah that's a whole year potentially of pvp that they could have been using a swampert if they especially if they feel like they need it in order to perform well that just means that if they begrudgingly go ahead without it that they're just going to be upset and have a bad experience. Yep. Well, bad experience, I think, is is too strong of it. They will have a lesser experience. Yeah. Is is a way because like you can still enjoy PvP to to an extent with whatever Pokemon you want to use. None of them are absolutely required. But especially if you like Swampert, but also Swampert is a top tier pick in I don't actually know how it does in Master League, but at least two leagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think this kind of ties into the second part of the question about certain time being available. I really think that after two years, they just need to add them to the pool. The game's life is getting old enough now that it's going to start becoming a major problem. I think that that time period could be clearly signaled with an event, say, Community Day Classic. After the event, Frenzy Plant then just becomes part of the TM pool for Venusaur. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. It can make it a fun thing, give a little bit more notice than they did this time, and make it be like a send off for for the the specialness of the move. Yeah, because you know everybody knows we're going to see more costumed Bulbasaur at events. It's not like they're not going to get more mileage out of Bulbasaur. It's a Kanto starter. Yeah, like. And that's forever. <laughs> and that kind of idea maybe gives a defined list of what you want to use because there are Pokemon with much better community day moves than others. Yes. So it kind of gives a good direction to that. And it lets players have an expectation of what to expect in the future. As of now, it's like, yeah, they are going to bring it back out. But when are they going to do it? And should I use an elite TM now? And then next week they announced that it actually is coming in three weeks. And now I'm upset that I basically just spent $10 on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that there is a perfect system because if people know exactly when it's going to come out and it's within a like a comfortable distance away from that um, in a way that makes everybody happy, that just means that the value of the move will be lesser to some degree. Like they want people to use the elite TMs as like a a FOMO tool in a lot of ways, or you're kidding out a new replacement PVP Pokemon for something, right? Like you found a better Altaria during Swablu day, but you already had one, which happened to, I think everybody I know. (laughs) 
But, that, that that happened to me. I don't yeah. think I ever made that swab blue either. I should go take but he's a look. marked and he's there. So yeah, I evolved him. He has the move. I know Moonblast was technically better, but <laughs> it kind of leads to the discussion. Though it's like it's special in the sense that technically not everybody has it, but at the same time, it's not special because if anybody talks about it, you know they have it. Yes. If somebody says use Swampert for PvP, they're not talking about using a Swampert that knows Surf and Muddy Water. And everybody knows that. It's it's such ingrained in the community that you don't even need to mention it. And I think that's a problem in terms of getting people into the game. Question for you, Kyle, because you're the one who looks at PvPoke and stuff much more than I do. Is there a way to uh, filter lists to not include legacy moves so that it will like recalculate no well that's a shame no the only way they let you filter at least in terms of rankings is Mm -hmm. uh xl or non-xl it marks everything as legacy so you know as soon as you like hit the drop down menu but otherwise yeah yes but i would like to know for example if let's just say for the sake of the argument that i have no pokemon with community moves just zero Mm -hmm but I do have a good Swampert. Like I want to know where in the list my regular Swampert lands okay, fair and what enough. moves should be taken instead, right? Uh, because in that case, without without um, the Hydro Pump, uh, Hydro Cannon, yeah. oh my gosh, they're so close. Um, it, like, I don't know, maybe another water Pokemon is then better. I'm not entirely sure. So like, I feel like that might be a niche if it's not already filled somewhere that could be that could be needed <laughs> but anyway thank you very much for your email giraffe at you i hope that we've answered it uh thoroughly enough for you the answer is they seem to be getting better but uh they could be doing even better agreed agreed next emails from john and they said hey there chris and kyle john here back again to rep team email there we go we didn't actually have it in this episode so now we do nice My question this week is regarding a new typing. We've only had three new types introduced since the inception of the Pokemon series in Gen 1. In Gen 2, we got Steel and Dark, and more than a decade later, we got Fairy with Gen 6. Do you guys think it's about time we get one or two new typings into the mix for an even 20 total from the 19 we have right now? If so, what would they be? I've seen the idea of a sound or a light type for years now, but I can't really seem to think of anything else. But anyway, thank you for reading and answering my questions. Have a great day. Well, th- this this is a popular one. Yeah, this is a great question, but I feel, Kyle, that your answer is actually we should do with 17 and just get rid of normal type. <laughs> You're close. You're close yeah. to my answer. Uh-huh. I think that the current typings could be reworked in such a way that it would be a breath of fresh air into the game and also make some types better than they have been. Like okay. bug and poison have historically been pretty bad types for a long time. Ice monotype too. Oh, ice is also awful. Yeah. <laughs> especially because of a lot of the stat lines of ice Pokemon. Like mm-hmm. they're really tanky, but it's just an awful defensive typing. So I I I personally like the idea of a sound type but I also don't like the idea of being at 19 types and I can't think of a 20th right now. What if you just replace normal with sound type? 
as much as I don't like normal, there are some Pokemon in this game that deserve to be normal. <laughs> I suppose so. But like, what's a better replacement for normal then? Do you feel like you just have to like go like one at a time, be like Rattata is now ground type or. You yes, know- I do. I do think that you just go unilaterally go down the list of normals. And I think 70% of them have a obvious other choice. Yeah, but I feel like other ones are going to have a really hard time with. Well, like, that, Pidgey's but, easy because it's just flying, right? So Yeah, I mean, Pidgey should have been flying from the beginning, though. Like, that's the <laughs> dumb part. But, like, right? again, that's why I think there you could just make it more interesting. Give normal more of a niche than being neutral damage to, to everything except for Ghost and Steel. Mm-hmm. And also not uh, super effective against anything. Give it a niche. That actually translates to, I don't know, being good, <laughs> which is ironic because in competitive uh, main series games, there are good normal types because that is a is a good advantage, but it's just boring. I feel like because I'm also having a really hard time thinking about any additional types outside of sound, sound or lights because that those are really good suggestions. But I think I'd be actually more interested in. Uh, them rolling out like a series of uh, names to refer to double types. Um, so like, for example, like a fire and rock type is called a, a meteor type or something, just like shorthand mm-hmm. so that we could talk about it. That's a really bad example. That was <laughs> awful. I got I got what you're saying, though. The when I played the Pokemon D&D campaign, that is uh, a concept that we explored a lot. Oh, very cool. This is a fun time. I think it, there's cool. there's something there. And I, I could see that if they were to like really, really dig into the system, which I, I don't think we'll ever see that kind of uh, change happen, but it would be really cool. I, I don't think personally, just a unilateral response that we need another type, but I do think the current types that we have could use a little bit of tweaking specifically like ice and normal could could use something anything really better man yeah but bug and poison are on the other like the just behind ice and normal Mm -hmm. bug and bug has its niche but it's not like great you know because it's got that really early powerhouse there's not a lot of late game bugs that kind of stuff well also it usually gets messed up by its dual typing Yes. You know, yes. throw rocks at a Beedrill, it doesn't have a chance in, in anything to survive that. So, but yeah, no, this is a really interesting question. I, I, the only thing I could maybe see is if perhaps we got rid of normal type and then substitute it for something that was then because of the relationship between normal and ghost uh, was like it's its opposite, sort of like fairy and dragon were supposed mm-hmm. to be, right? Um, yeah. But like, I don't know, like a spirit type. Because ghosts, ghosts kind of imply the like the mischievous sort of thing. But like, I wouldn't want to go like the religious angle and be like angelic, but you know, like um, benevolent spirits instead of mischievous evil ones. Or you know, they're it's it's <laughs> real tough. Ghost entries aren't about killing people. It's real tough to think of other types for Pokemon because aside from like two of them, they're all very, very basic. They cover a very large range of things. Mm-hmm. I'm almost is- positive that they design Pokemon for new generations based off of the slots and the types they're trying to fill in. 
um, with some with some other caveats in there, I'm sure. Now, Generation 3 is a bad example of that theory, but... <laughs> water. 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 The water. Logistic makes 60% of it water. Call it a day. What about fire? Oh, we forgot fire. Just... Can we add ponytail back in? <laughs> but anyway, John, thank you. Uh, thank you very, very much for your email. This next one is from August. We haven't heard from in a while. Hello, Chrysalis and Kyle. Sorry, couldn't think of a ghost pun. I was wondering, <laughs> what are your luckiest and unluckiest moments in all of Pokemon? For me, my luckiest was getting two shinies from a Jesse and James balloon. And my unluckiest moment was after failing a shiny Gigantamax Garbodor raid and sword. A couple minutes later, I encountered a shiny Graveler in Platinum, and then it blew up. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh. That's back to back. That stinks. All right. So what's your luckiest and unluckiest moment in all of Pokemon? It could be Go. It could be main series games. What you got, Kyle? I'm sure your life is riddled with Pokemon-related misery. Um, Enjoy. Man, Enjoy. I got a that's, a... that's a tough question. I think one of my luckiest moments was in Pokemon go for Chikorita community day where I think I got four or five shinies in a row legitimately not like, Oh, I didn't catch that one. I didn't catch that one was I clicked on this one. It's shiny. I clicked on the next one is shiny. It was disgusting. And I think that's got to be it. I mean, that whole day technically, because like a three hour day, I think I got 24 shinies. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, anybody listen to this who listened to last episode, Mitch, his idea for 30 shinies for Bulbasaur Day. I wonder how that panned out. It was insane. <laughs> um, and I don't think he did it based on how many shinies I caught. And I went pretty hard for those three hours. <laughs> I don't think um, he had his. He, he was lucky with that. But we'll see. I did. I still have to follow up with him. Like I said, I would. So. Unluckiest moment, though. Man, I haven't really been that unlucky for Pokemon. I mean, you haven't run into any shinies and they got away. You haven't. I've uh, had I've had exactly one shiny run on me and it was during a community day, so I didn't care too much. Okay, it was a shiny ghastly, though, so it hurt a little bit. (laughs) All right. Hey, that counts. Um, But I've I've never done like. You know, shiny checking in the main series games. Those the my only shinies in the main series games have all been insanely lucky. I've gotten two of them at full odds. So wow, wow! Didn't you used to also like fish uh, fish for Phoebus with your dad? <laughs> you should tell, you should tell that story. That's a that's a great story. That's, that's a great story. That I don't had... know if it's unlucky, but it is definitely a story of a really nope. bad game mechanic that that. <laughs> Tells a great story now. It is lucky for you that your dad was as invested <laughs> as he was so, with you. <laughs> back in the day for Ruby and Sapphire, in order to catch Phoebus, it only spawned in like a few water tiles throughout the entire map. I'm pretty sure it was exclusively to rivers, but I don't remember exactly. And where it spawned was determined by what phrase you told the TV guy on the island that had the second gym, uh, which I can't remember right now, but it was before Slateport. Anyways. Duford? Uh, yeah, Duford. There you go. Wow. I was just about to say, don't ask me. I'll have no idea. And there it was. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, and so, but 
even if you did that, it didn't have a guaranteed chance of spawning. I don't know what its spawn rate was because that kind of information wasn't easily accessible in 2003. And so I just went and went tile by tile in all of the rivers and fished multiple times to try and find it. And my dad would take the game because he would stay up a lot later than I would because I was like nine at the time (laughs) and he would fish for me. And one day he woke me up at three in the morning and said he found it and he gave it to me because he didn't want it to run away. (laughs) Son, son, wake up. I need you to catch this Pokemon. And then then part of the the great, the great part of the story continues though a little bit. Is I caught it and I you know, went right back to sleep and I woke up the next morning because it was either a weekend or a school vacation or something. And he said that I w- he went online and found out what I needed to do in order to evolve it into. Uh, oh, my God. It's been a long day. Milotic. Milotic. Uh, yeah. Because Phoebus didn't just evolve. Normally, you had to give it specific. Um, I don't remember the food of Gen 3, the Poppin. Beauty stats, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you so, had to make it bootyful, and then it yeah. would turn into a big, elegant snake from a from a little cruddy fish. <laughs> and, I, and I should clarify that this does probably classify slightly unlucky because it took hours, probably more than a dozen hours oh, to find no. Phoebus for me. Well, in any case, it was a wonderful story. Thank you again for sharing. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, as for myself, I think my unluckiest moment would have to be, um, I remember that I was on one particular road trip um, as a kid. We were going to like Wisconsin for vacation or whatever. And it's like a four and a half hour drive, right? And I would bring my Game Boy with. And this mm-hmm. was before battery life was anything. And this Uh-oh. is before I was old enough to um, you know, tell myself, no, it's okay. You need to stop and hit the save button. I definitely lost three hours of progress um, <laughs> in my silver version within like a week of getting that game. Oh. And I was really excited because I was so young at the time. It, that was like, you know, the time that I got to play it for the longest. Because my parents were, were really good about making sure that I didn't spend too much time playing video games because (laughs) one half of the duo doesn't like them. The other half of the duo thinks that they're interesting. (laughs) So as a kid trying to express that love came almost across as an obsession because it was. Uh, So I was very excited and very happy to get as far as possible because it was a new game and I loved Pokemon and generation two was my favorite game. And I was just over the moon and I lost three hours. I was like, Oh, battery died. Anyway, Uh, luckiest moment though i think is far more recent far more recent in fact kyle it was with you we played uh the red version for our playthroughs uh on twitch for one of the tiers on our patreon we were doing that for a bit and uh, we got a mr mime into the hall of fame and not only was this Mr. Mime in the Hall of Fame? It was what, 30 levels? It was like it was like level 32 or something. Yes. Um, and it wasn't just there for stats. No, no. This Mr. Mime took out at least three separate Elite Four Pokemon on its lonesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that entire run had some legendary moments, though. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. But Kyle and I were screaming just yeah. screaming it was a good time but thank you very much for that question august that was 
a great one. A great one for sure. Next one we have here is from Justin. And he said, greetings, Earthlings, and just to the average Joe. <laughs> I just have a quick question for both of you. What are your thoughts on Nintendo Switch OLED? Do you plan to upgrade? It releases on October 8th, and for $349, is this price worth seeing Klefki looking better than ever? Just curious what your thoughts were. I know you play plenty of other games that are non-Pokemon as well. Thanks. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to take the lead here first. I'm going to answer real quickly and then actually talk about it. But OK, the OLED looks fantastic. No question about it. I will replace my switch when it no longer turns on or when it no longer runs whatever games are being sold that I want to buy. Um, I love the switch. The switch is an amazing console. I play maybe four games on my switch. And, and how one frequently of the, is that? And one of them just got released on the PC, so I'm no longer <laughs> playing on the Switch. I was about to say, and the lion's share goes to one game that he just rebought on the yeah, PC. Yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever Pokemon game is being played. Right. Uh, Monster except Hunter for, Rise. Except for Snap. Except for I Snap. I don't play Snap. Yeah, that, that's uh, uh-huh. Monster Hunter Rise, which is now on PC. Um, <laughs> I played a pretty good amount of Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing, but those are both done for me. And uh, Mario Odyssey. And that's <laughs> that's it. I think the Switch is great, but I, I have a hard time buying console games nowadays. Sure, sure. Uh, so for my, myself, I don't... I, I would agree with Kyle that the OLED screen is beautiful. The model is beautiful. But I have no need to upgrade because I don't really play my Switch very often. And when I do, it's only one or two games um and i play it docked more often than not i very rarely play the switch handheld unless i'm multitasking in mm-hmm. which case i need it to be smaller because i'm not really paying attention to it as much uh, but you know i would encourage somebody that is looking for a switch now to probably just splurge for the better model because it is more future proof and, and better and etc cetera, etc cetera. but that being said my i would have to use it so much more than i do because the same same thing as kyle I played Monster Hunter Rise on it a whole lot, and we're going to, well, it's already moved over to PC. Kyle's already been playing it, but I'm going to be picking it up there as well. So that'll be off. Animal Crossing for me as well has kind of fallen off. But you know what? My sister just got a Switch Lite uh-huh. very recently, and she started playing Animal Crossing. And Ooh. so I think we're going to have to hang out on there a little bit because she's going through her first experience with it. And that's really exciting because, mm-hmm. you know, this was this Animal Crossing, this most, most recent one is like the actual first Animal Crossing I've ever experienced, like I've ever actually gotten. So, Oh, man, I put like 500 hours into Animal Crossing New World. New for Leaf? The, for the uh, New Leaf. Was New no. Leaf the one for the 3DS? No, the DS the DS one. Oh, geez, Animal, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it was, I was like Animal Crossing. I'm pretty sure it was New World. It was one of the games that they released originally when they were testing like Nintendo Wi-Fi and you had to plug oh, in a yeah. dongle into your computer to go to someone oh, else's my gosh. town. Oh my gosh! Uh, I have to finish Pearl still. Yeah, I haven't and, finished Pearl. And of course, in four days we have Legends Arceus coming out, so my Switch will be used for that. Of course, I'm but. absolutely yes going to be playing that game. So very excited, very excited. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think that answers the question. But I do kind of want to see Klefki 
looking better than ever, but uh, that's just me. Absolutely not. If I could see Klefki in zero bit, that would be preferred. Wow. Just invisible. Just not even there. Non-existent. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> just a file header and, <laughs> and footer and that's it. All righty. Anyway, that's the end of this little mailbag. Make sure that you stay put, though, and stay tuned for Fish and DeFi's mailbag coming up right after this. I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that breaks the Sinnoh Cup Driplim Toxicroak core. DeFi, we're doing a mailbag episode. We are. We have so much mail to get to. So I say we just dive into it. We've got so many emails, so many messages that people have sent us. I'm excited. Yeah. And the first one comes from Anthony, who says, Hey, Fish and Fi. Anthony from the UK here. Firstly, love your segment on the podcast. Thank you for the content and the detail you put in. Must take a lot of organizing and planning, especially when you throw in time zones as well. Anthony, it takes a lot of scheduling and planning to get our time zones. I have it on my phone, what Fish's time zone is, like on one of the many, many pages on my phone. So I can just look and know if I'm trying to get a hold of Fish, what time it is for him, because it is it is difficult coordinating with someone on the other side of the planet. Uh, well, I feel like we like once we s- settled on a regular recording time, it was easy to you know just make sure to show up at that time. It's when we have to rearrange stuff because of other commitments. That's when it starts getting okay. So, uh, what if we try this date, your time, which is this time, my time? Uh, then that's, that's the morning, my time. So I have work and I'm coming home from work and yeah, it it gets a little confusing in that moment. Oh, and don't get me started on switching when we one of us switches to daylight savings or standard time. It's the worst. (laughs) He goes on to say, I'd like your thoughts on a couple of things I've noticed in the current master league, which gives you an idea of how long. We've been waiting to get to this email. Um, I always struggle with the Great League as it seems like after getting a team together, GBL works it out and starts throwing me hard counters. The meta is too broad for my taste. The Master League seems tighter and there are fewer options, although it is a resource sink. But you learn what you're going to need to counter quicker. I have found my team of Dialga, Giratina, Origin, and Togekiss is getting me 5-0s and 4-1s consistently versus my 3-2 if I'm lucky in Great League. Do you think this is because there are less participants? I've also found the time I play matters. UK morning time I win more. Evening times become trickier. I think this is to do with the player base online or my brain fog after working. Have you both noticed a difference? Shiny luck be with you both. Stay safe. And kind regards, Anthony Edwards. DeFi. So I fully agree with your assessment of Master League. And Master League is definitely a lot tighter with fewer options. I do agree it takes a lot of resources to build Pokemon, but in Great League it does too. If you've ever built a Great League Lickitung, that is also a resource sink. (laughs) So Great League can be expensive too. But I'm really warming up to Master League because I like that tight, fewer options meta uh, because I can really get to learn the matchups really, really well. I've also noticed the same thing about the time. Depending on the time of day, who in the world is online and playing, the meta changes for sure. 
lots and the meta evolves over time. So lots and lots of things change, but Master League tends to stay pretty consistent. I also agree with the assessment of Master League. The reason that so many of us talk down on Master League is, like you mentioned, that resource sync is such a big problem. And it can be a little frustrating where in such a tight meta, IVs become so much more important and can make such a difference. Like in Great League, you can, I've said it before, you can build something with terrible IVs because it's more about uh, the species and how it matches up against the other species that are floating around the meta. But with Master League, when there's like 10 viable Pokemon and everyone's running one of those 10 Pokemon or three of those 10 Pokemon, then IVs really, really come into play. And for myself and for what I understand to be many, many other people who don't raid a lot, don't sink money into the game, it can be pretty hard to get those competitive IVs. As for playing time, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately where I have felt that I tend to play better in like late afternoon my time but i feel like that really doesn't make sense from a logical perspective because in theory the whole elo system should pair you against people who are your same skill level and that should be the case no matter what time of day it is or what part of the world your opponent's from so i don't know what the correct answer is but i know those two ideas don't match up you mentioned the potential brain fog after work i think that sounds like a a very likely explanation all right next email we have tom tom says i am level 40 so i am playing master league classic rather than master league i have reached the rank of ace i have a cunning excadrill which quickly shoots off drill run and rock slide pulverizing most pokes that dare face it then i have the obligatory dialga At the moment, I'm running Shiny Red Gyarados as my third team member. Any recommendations for what would be a better third musketeer in this group? Also, is Garchomp with Earth Power going to be better than my Excadrill to lead? The rankings aren't great for Excadrill, but it has been very effective so far. Shiny vibes and big respect to you for your immense PvP knowledge. Tom in Brighton, England. Thanks, Tom. Don't worry, I'm level 49 and I prefer Master League Classic as well. So I don't think it has anything to do with whether you're 40 or 50. I think Master League Classic, it just allows for a few more Pokemon. It's not, you don't need 296 or whatever it is, XL Candy to power up your Pokemon to level 50. So I I like Classic. As for team suggestions, a potential option you could go with is Garchomp lead Dialga and Ho-Oh. That's got some great coverage. As for Garchomp versus Excadrill, that's a very tough choice. Excadrill is certainly better than its ranking on PV Poke suggests because it just hits the the right targets. Like it doesn't get as many raw wins as some of those other Pokemon, but it hits very important targets. It's a great assassin. Um, but between that and Garchomp, that's a very, very difficult choice for me. I, when I do play Master League on the rare occasion, I actually run both Garchomp and Excadrill as an ABB line, so I have both of those ground types in the back. Um, if I had to make a difficult choice, I would probably say 
Excadrill would be the way to go between the two because Garchomp can get very hard-walled by Togekiss, which is a very popular Pokemon. Excadrill does get hard-counted very heavily by Kyogre, but I don't think that's as common, and it has a little bit more play against the things that tend to counter it. So I would probably go with Excadrill, but it is a very tough choice, and I would not blame anyone for going with Garchomp. Next up, we have Axiom Noor, who says, Hi, DeFi and Fish. I had a crazy thought and wanted a second opinion on it. An ABB team using a Garchomp and Gabite core. I ran it through PV Poke, and adding either Basidon or Magnazone makes it seem not awful. What are your thoughts? What moveset would you run on Garchomp in this insane team? <laughs> Happy New Year, Axiom Noor. Fish, I'm going to have to rely on you for this one because <laughs> I think that is too spicy for my taste. I don't. Garchomp and Gabite, they're just so glassy. Garchomp is a great Pokemon. We were just talking about how awesome it is in Master League, but down in Great League, it's just too squishy. Uh, Gabite's less squishy, but just not as good. I I just don't see that team having a lot of success, even as an ABB uh, with a Bastiodon or a Magnezone. I just don't see it. I'm assuming you're talking about Sinnoh Cup, but it's oh, too spicy <laughs> for me. Too spicy. Yeah, I actually looked it up and say, like, because one problem with an ABB team is you've got to match your A up against the, the, the Pokemon that you intend to counter it with. Otherwise, the whole team falls apart. And so if you can't, match say a Frostlass against the Bastiodon and it gets to have a go at the Garchomp and Gabite, each Powder Snow will do just under 10% damage. That is just the Powder Snows, not even talking about getting hit by an Avalanche. So it can one shield farm down both of those Pokemon or if you're out of shields, it'll just completely one-shot. Uh, if you're not out of shields, it will burn those shields. So it's going to be very shield-heavy. Uh, that is just against Frostlass. And Polion is another very, very popular Pokemon that can beat uh, all three, all four, actually, of the Pokemon you mentioned, even Magnezone in the right situations. Um, Driftblim will be able to, I think, almost one-shot or definitely one-shot both of those Pokemon as well. There's there's just a lot of Pokemon that this team does not like. However, having said that, I love it when people make stuff work that I didn't expect to work. <laughs> so if you want to try it, go right ahead. I don't think it's going to work, but I'll be so happy if you can come back and say, yeah, you know what, Fish, I tried it. DeFi, I tried it. And I went like 15-0. <laughs> Up next is Oliver. Oliver writes, Hello Fish and DeFi. I am looking at making a Master League team. Currently, I am running a 3,354 CP Dragonite with Dragon Breath and Dragon Claw, a 2,732 CP Melmetal with Thundershock and Flash Cannon, and a 2,628 CP Vaporeon. I want to swap out the Melmetal with either Zarud, a Shiny Venusaur, or an Infernape. I will not switch out my Vaporeon or Dragonite. I haven't evolved or powered up the Infernape, Zarud, or Venusaur. Which one should I pick? Shiny vibes all, Oliver. 
One thing to be sure you do is second move your Pokemon, especially Dragonite. Dragon Breath and Dragon Claw, super spammy, but you really need that big power move as well, like Hurricane or Draco Meteor. So that's another thing to note. Now, Oliver, we totally respect your desire to keep the Vaporeon. We always say that it's all about having fun. If you have fun running Vaporeon, we respect that and encourage you to keep going. You have asked us what would be the best team from the perspective of actually winning. And from that perspective, we would actually recommend that Vaporeon is not the best pick here. We would recommend things like putting the second move on Dragonite. Uh, we would recommend maybe sw- swapping out the Vaporeon for probably Zarude is the better of the two Pokemon there. And the Melmetal is doing just fine on your team as well. It would probably prefer a moveset of Thundershock, Rock Slide, and Superpower rather than just Thundershock and Zap Cannon. So really, you're having to make a decision, Oliver. Do you want to run what you find most fun to use, or do you want to run something that's going to traditionally get more wins? Finally, we have Tribird, who says, Hey, hey, friends. I thought of a question that might be fun for DeFi and Fish to answer in an upcoming PvP corner. That is maybe light on the news front. What Pokemon has your favorite moveset to use in PvP? Not necessarily the best one, looking at you, G-Fisk or Swampert, but the one you have the most fun using. Although, maybe that is the same. It's tough to decide for myself. It sure is fun to farm up huge energy with a counter user like Medicham, Machamp or Surfetched, but maybe it's more fun pressuring my opponent's shields with a Weather Ball Spammer that has a hard-hitting second charge move like Alolan Ninetales, Bomber Snow, or Pelipper. But maybe it's even more fun leaning way into the bait nuke mind games with Gengar, Jellicent, or Nidoqueen. Should I just cheat and say Mew, which is an option that came to mind when I was reading this question? After much internal debate, I'd personally choose Purified Sableye. Shadow Claw with Stab does good damage, charges very quickly, and as a two-turn move gives a lot of flexibility balanced with easy counts for optimal timing as to which turned to throw your own charge moves. Foul play with stab hits hard and fast and return is amazing at neutral coverage, leaving you walled by just a handful of great league Pokemon that are rare and frail, such as Tyranitar, Lucario, and Marwile. Okay, that one is legit great league, but, uh, and Pawniard and Bisharp, which are not quite as legit. So Sableye is my final answer. Lock it in. At least until the Rock Fairy Ultra Tank Carbink gets added to the game and ruins everything. Cheers. Hope this might spark a fun discussion some week that you could use it. Amigos, much love. Your friend, Tribird. This has given me something pretty big to think about. What is my favorite Pokemon to use? Well... I like Pokemon that I know really well. So I know Swampert super well. So I, it's a great moveset. And I know it well. Frostlass is another one where I just I'm familiar with the Pokemon. I enjoy using it. But something that's really fun that just like sparks joy is with that bait nuke game for me, for sure. So putting Focus Blast on like a Hypno or a Gengar <laughs> is pretty fantastic. Also, the greatest of all time, the goat, Alolan Marowak, <laughs> putting something like Fire Blast on it where you're not your opponent's not ready is pretty fantastic as well. How often have you had opportunities to run movesets like that? Not very often. Not as often as I'd mm. like. 
but there are there are opportunities to run like Gengar with Focus Blast. You got to build the right team around yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I have run Focus Blast Gengar before. I have not run Focus Blast Hypno yet, although there have been opportunities where Focus Blast on Hypno would have probably helped me out. Definitely have not run Fire Blast Marowak. I have not been able to bring myself to do that. That all kind of goes into a, a category, though, which I really like, which is movesets that your opponent has just learned not to expect. So with a Hypno, everyone is just so used to Elemental Punch and Shadow Ball that when you encounter Focus Blast, it's just so out of the blue. They they make incorrect decisions because they're expecting something else. Um, I have brought up a, a few times in the past few weeks my decision to run Infestation Beedrill during the last Sylph Cup, and I had so much fun using that Pokemon because people made decisions on what team to bring to each battle based on the thought that I had Poison Jab on my Beedrill, and so it would lose these matchups and win these matchups. And then when they find out it's infestation, they don't know how to deal with it. Another fun thing for me is just those 55 energy nukes, like your Overheat or Brave Bird or Close Combat, which is, I believe, 50 energy. Those things that just hit so hard when unshielded. Anything with those moves, I really like as well. Well, Fish, I think that wraps up our mailbag. Everybody out there listening, thank you so much for sending in your questions. We would love to do more of these mailbag episodes, so please send us your questions. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or for myself, you can always direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. And in the show description, you can click on more Fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects like the Pallet Town Discord server or my Twitch channel or my Twitter, things like that. And with that, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks so much, Fish and DeFi for sending that little section in for us. And we're going to wrap it up now, Kyle. We're going to save all the gold talk and stuff for episode 176, which we're actually recording tomorrow. <laughs> so Yahoo, back in the seat. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, if you want to send an email to the mailbag, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. Just remember to say who you are. And if this is for mailbag or for a regular episode uh, for mailbags, please feel free to send in anything that's even just off topic. We'll talk about, you know, just about anything as long as it's appropriate uh, and not politics. I suppose that would not end well for anybody, uh, <laughs> but we will talk about, you know, video games, cartoons, uh, funny jokes, movies, books. questions about food and it won't semantics. be books, Chris doesn't read books. I don't read books, but I do like to talk about how I don't read books. <laughs> yeah. But uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.